if we're going on hair watch, which I think is an interesting little thing, it's been three weeks three weeks since I brushed my hair. Not not yeah. what it's been before, which I think was two months, but still getting pretty it's, bad. It's looking like not. It doesn't look like it. Just looks like you haven't brushed your hair. It doesn't have look like you haven't brushed your hair in like weeks. I don't believe how you can do this. I don't know how you can do this. I don't. Well, I mean, you so just... Doesn't it get all tangled and horrible? You don't... You just want to, like, untangle it? No, it gets tangled and horrible, but you're like, oh, I can't face untangling it. Oh, Last so time I brushed my hair after, like, the two months' time, yeah. I was actually bleeding out my scalp. That's disgusting. And you're like, I don't want to do that again, <laughs> so I just want to brush it. Just do it every day, and then you wouldn't have to get to the bleeding scalp part. Well, I mean, that's like saying, why don't you live sensibly but you like brush your teeth every day right twice a day well, well just brush your hair when you brush your teeth no but brushing your teeth isn't painful like what no it, it won't be painful if you brush your hair every no, day no but you have to admit like if you brush your hair Maybe. every day you still have like a little bit of tangles like even if you brush it like yeah, in the yeah. morning and the evening yeah and you still have to be like oh that tangle hard to get out like if you have to do that once a day that's just too much <laughs> what kind of brush do you have I feel like, like you have the wrong brush one of those like big ones Maybe you need... I'll show you the brush that I have. Maybe it would be better for you. It's called a Tangle Teaser. That might help. And actually, it, it doesn't hurt to brush my hair. Definitely. Even when I have tangles, I'm just like, oh, there's a tangle. Oh, no, it's no, not No, what you do with tangles is you get the brush right in them and then you rip it out. <laughs> And today we are talking about Kabbalah. With a Q. Oh, yeah. okay. I don't know what research you've done. I, um, this has been a really interesting one because we normally start with saying how much did you know about the Kabbalah and mine was absolutely zero. Same. Well, no, because I had that weird tarot card book that yeah. I couldn't get my head around. Talk me through that. So the first set of tarot cards I bought was at a, it was by the Golden Dawn, which is the like, m- magical group that Alistair Crowley and what's his face the guy who wrote Wastelands was in J.B. Keats no that's not him famous poet I don't know the names of people um and he wrote like very famous poetry anyway they're both in the Golden Dawn and a lot of their rituals and stuff is all based around the Kabbalah so the set of tarot cards they created was also to work within the Kabbalah and like each Kabbalah each card was a it's both a sef- so of the twenty two car like main how many cards are in there the cup like oh. the main ones not the oh, cup 21. ones so each of the twenty one was either like um, represented an aspect of the Sephiroth and in the Kabbalah the Sephiroths are like if you look uh, at a Google image of the Kabbalah the Sephiroths are like the circles and then there's like the paths between the Sephiroths so each card was either a Sephiroth or one of the paths between and represented that and um, and as a way to understand the tarot cards you had to understand the Kabbalah so about half the book was telling you about the Kabbalah so that's before this episode how I had a um view into it and there was a lot of diagrams and a lot of the ways that I'm like this means this and then like there was circles and it all it was all very confusing it, and I, I, I am no less confused no so. I found the subject very confusing myself as well and I was really quite trying to understand it um I feel like I know it to sort of a basic level that I can do this podcast that but yeah I, that's what I was trying to get to yeah. I was like can I talk for an hour about this yeah all right fine we'll give it a go and maybe between us we'll come up with something 
slightly comprehensible. We, we don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I knew absolutely nothing about the Kabbalah. It's not the Kabbalah, actually. I've said that wrong. It's Kabbalah, not the Kabbalah. That's one thing that I've learned <laughs> throughout the research. And um, at first I started researching Kabbalah with a K, which is the Jewish Kabbalah. And that's a very uh, heavily religious side of this and actually something that people of the Jewish tradition still follow today. And um, I did a lot of research into that until I realised that we actually should be focusing on the Hermetic Kabbalah. Hermetic? Hermetic? Hermetic Kabbalah. Sorry. And um, that was a completely different path of research. So I feel like I wasted a bunch of research time by looking at a lot of Jewish mythology and mysticism when actually we should have been focused on that. But I don't think it is because they do say that the hermetic magical mysticism one is based on the ones that that was derived from the Jewish one. Yeah. So like if anything you've Try to teach yourself Russian while reading uh, Dostoevsky English translation. <laughs> like you try to, like you'd be like, I want to read Crime and Punishment, so I'll teach myself Russian and then I'll go read it. <laughs> while you're like, well, there is English translations, but I don't yeah. think that's quite right because the Hermetic one is totally different and based on different things. It's very different. I, I found it's very different. But anyway. I don't know because I have not read anything about the Jewish one because I was like, I'm not getting into fucking religion on this. I'm not getting like. And that's the thing, you can't not really get religious when talking about this because there's quite a lot that comes into it. Yeah, even in the metic one. Yeah, from a religious angle. But anyway, I I will talk through the sources that I um, used. Um, I did use a lot of YouTube because it was one of those subjects that I found very difficult to read about. Yeah, same. I read two books and in both of them I was like, I'm going to tear out my eyes. Oh, you did. I'm so bored. You did much better than me. I mean, I say weird. I read it, but what, did you listen I to I skimmed. It? Oh, okay. I was like, oh, is, this relevant? is this relevant? Is this relevant? No. <laughs> I find that in almost all the magical and tarot cards thing, they waffle a lot, and like they repeat the same points over and over in slightly different ways, and you're like, this needs an editor. I found that a lot with Chaos Magic, actually. Yeah. A lot of the books that I read on Chaos Magic, there was a lot of waffle, and there was a lot of um, theatrical words around the actual prose itself. And yeah. I was like, hmm, could you just, just tell me but how to do, do it on ritual? purpose. Like, if you read about, like, magic writers or whatever, they're trying to, like, make it difficult for you to get the knowledge so you show that you're someone who actually wants the knowledge and you can pack through, like, deceit and lies to get to the core. Interesting. So they're, like, on purposely trying to obscure knowledge while giving it to you. It's so dumb. I mean, it's kind of not done when you think about it because I, I do like that concept of, like, you have to be able to be of sound body and mind in order to sort of punctuate the stuff that I'm trying to explain to you and gain knowledge from Look, it. Look, Mr. Writer, I just <laughs> want to do a podcast so I can leave co-op. Like, you don't need to make it confusing for me. Give right? me a wiki page. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I... Summarise. I, my sources for this episode uh, was How Did the Kabbalah Begin by Bing Bam on YouTube, What is the Kabbalah and 10 Mystical Sephirot Explained by the Jewish Learning Institute, also on YouTube, and then a hour-long presentation by IWAS NYC, The Basics of Hermanic Kabbalah, also on YouTube. And then the book I read was Kabbalah Made Easy, Discover the Powerful Tools to Explore Practical Magic and the Tree of Life by David Wells. Um, so those are my sources. I think you have a couple as well, don't I you? I do. And 
I read um, The Mystical Kabbalah by Dion Fortune and The Chicken Kabbalah by Lon Milo Duquette. Quet. Whatever. I had that first one, The Mystical Kabbalah, on my book list. Yeah. And then I I did actually read, I think, about 12 pages of it. And then I... It's very dry. I, I didn't get through, yeah, very much of it. <laughs> That's when I decided I need to start looking at YouTube videos because they would um, help me understand it with the power of visuals yes. rather than just written word, which um, my brain does so much better at. So The Chicken Cabala had loads of visuals, but if anything, they made life more confusing. So <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I think we somewhat landed somewhere in the middle. So if you go and do say what you think the Kabbalah is. Okay. And, like, talk about the differences between the Jewish one and the mystical one. So, my understanding... Okay, oh, sorry, hold on. Oh. Like, like look at look at the amount of, like, fucking... Yeah, there's a lot of diagrams. Yeah. You can't see they're, that, listeners, they're, but... They're quite nice diagrams, though. It's insane how detailed the shit is. And that's what I found quite hard to penetrate about it. It, it it's all kind of wrapped up and enigma within itself, and um, it's quite difficult. But we'll do our best to explain. And um, you know, a caveat to this episode and every episode that we do is that we are definitely not experts on any of these subjects. And never will be. And never will be because we do about two weeks, three to two weeks research. That's not a way of saying it. We do about two to three weeks research and um, we just kind of read the basic books and look at the basics of this particular topic and we try and understand it from a beginner's point of view and I think that's that's something that we keep coming back to again the game with this podcast like we are not meant to be the authorities on any of these subjects ever please keep listening because if we get like a listenership and we can quit our jobs and do this full time (laughs) then in a hundred episodes we'll like revisit the Kabbalah like for three or four five six different times and eventually I will understand what the fuck they're on about and I think that's also the thing that I'm excited about about this podcast because this all starts spiralling back in on itself yeah as in like we, you knew about tarot cards and learned about the Kabbalah from tarot cards and now you're learning about Kabbalah outside of tarot cards but the tarot cards fall into it and I found in um, David Wells book that also astrology falls yeah, into it yeah well. I was literally just about to say like <laughs> astrology was a big thing in the mystical Kabbalah book which is really amazing really when you think about like each one of these things will eventually lead back in on itself and now that I know more about astrology when it was talking about astrology I was like I know about this stuff because we studied it and same with chakras like there was a there was a whole section on chakras as well which I read and I was like again I know about this stuff whereas that would be have to be a whole nother topic that you'd have to go up and research separately but because we're doing this sort of week by week we are like gaining more knowledge and understanding of each subject and yeah I hope in maybe a year's time we'll be much more knowledgeable on everything that we covered rather than just one particular subject so it's exciting anyway what I think the Kabbalah is um I watched videos on the history of Kabbalah and how um, it originally came from some of the original old texts of um, in um, in Hebrew and of the sort of Jewish tradition. So a lot of the older texts are focusing on um, unaccessible sections of the Bible 
um, really quite difficult, hard questions such as logic behind creation, uh, the chariot visions of his equal, and only a small group of scholars in the beginning were able to read these because apparently reading them would drive you mad. So that was a general assumption that this would it's actually like drive you mad. It's like the Necronomicon. The exactly. Necronomicon from Lovecraft. Yes. Um, so then this was eventually condensed down into a series of... I think it was condensed down into the Zora. And then the Zora was something that people could actually go out and read. And it... Be- it gave these texts a lot more accessibility to the wider Jewish population. And then it was a man called Isaac Lurie, and he had the revolutionary idea of taking the principles of Kabbalahism founded in the Zora and then evolving them um, so that they could be adopted in traditions by, um, like, everyday people. And... Um, Kabbalah actually means received tradition in the original Hebrew. So that is um, the sort of story behind that. There's not only Jewish Kabbalah, but there's Christian Kabbalah as well, which I didn't do a lot of research in, but I believe those two were quite parallel to each other. And then the Hamanic Kabbalah, which is strongly influenced by the Golden Dawn, as you said before. And um, for anyone who doesn't know what the Golden Dawn is, Ralph briefly covered it earlier, but it's a secret society devoted to the study and practice of the occult, metaphysical and paranormal activities during the late 19th and early 20th centuries. And that was the group that Asa Crowley was a part of. Something uh, Elliot, whose name was Elliot something, who wrote Wastelands. And there's a famous poem. Type in Wastelands Elliot. Wastelands? Yeah, because it's a poem he wrote. Other Wasteland. T.S. Eliot, that's it. T.S. Eliot. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I was convinced it was a J, but I think that's because T.S. sounds kind of like J. It doesn't, but it, it, it could. <laughs> well, it's a writer name, isn't yeah. it? It's like, and I feel that so many writers do have J in it. Like yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien. J.R. Rowling. Yeah. Yeah, I know my name. J.K. Rowling. all of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jim Butcher. Yeah, but T.S. Eliot and Alistair Crowley were a part of the Golden Dawn, and it was massively influenced by... Um, them and then this kind of spiraled out to be part of the magic system that a lot of magicians work in previously and still work in today. Apparently, Oscar Wilde was in it too. Yes, he was. I was. I can't remember if. Yes, I think you're right. I think he was. Yeah, I think I'm right. I might be wrong. I, was, I only remember because it's on the last podcast on the left. Yeah. And they met each other, and I think they didn't like each other or something. Or oh, no, he Crowley liked. No, Crowley didn't like Oscar Wilde. Right. Oscar Wilde didn't really notice Crowley. That was it. Yeah. That was it. And I didn't know if that was pre-Golden Dawn in another society or if that was in Golden Dawn. I think it was Golden Dawn. I don't know. Listen to the last podcast on the left, people. They are amazing. Yeah. They are basically our inspiration. <laughs> yeah. And my dad wrote a porno, but that doesn't really factor in in what we're doing here. He gave us podcast yeah. passion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so what is the Kabbalah and how do people use it today? As I said, it means received tradition. It roots us in what tarot is, but it also roots us in many other magical systems such as uh, chakras and um, astrology, which I mentioned before. And also it compares real life situations to the steps within the tree of life. And it draws a lot of systems together using the tree of life as like a system and then all of the different 
magical system sit within this system, if that makes sense. It does. It's a system of systems, basically. Um, but it's a way of um, making parallels between magical systems and a way of making parallels between magic and real life. So that is my overall understanding of it. The Tree of Life is a drawing and it comprises of th- nine different sephirot, which are basically circles, and then they have, uh, I think it's 25 different paths between them. And um, it might be helpful to get a picture of this so you can visualise it, because it's quite difficult to explain with words. I think what we need to do is create an Instagram account and we'll post a picture of this, so if you want to... Good um, idea, we'll do that. Yeah, and hopefully we'll have an Instagram account for the last past 10 episodes and we'll post pictures that are relevant we'll, but we'll try and time the posting of that one for when this episode comes we'll out. line it up and it'll yeah. be magical yeah, yeah, yeah. and fantastic but what was your um, basic research into the Kabbalah and how did you get on with it so I'm going to give a joke answer first and okay. then I'll give a serious answer but I watched Neon Genesis Evangelion which in the opening credits has a, has the Kabbalah Tree of Life symbol in and it's funny because the guy who made Neon Genesis Evangelion is like don't know what that fucking means it just looked cool but then if you read more stuff about the whole thing the whole anime is actually really relevant to the Tree of Life and the Kabbalah teachings and it's like oh was he being sarcastic when he said I don't know what that means and was just concluding it and um so i finished to watch that opening but on a serious answer from what i read which was more mystical kabbalah it was it's a blueprint of the universe and the creation of the universe but also the human mind and spirit and the two overlap so it's like in our chaos magic episode where we kept talking about fractals and all i could think about was frozen where it's like frozen fractals or blah 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 i can't sing but it's also like, it's kind of like that. And it's uh, it's like, well, this is the blueprint for the universe that was created by, I guess, a god from what I read. It's uh, some creation uh, power. Um, and it's all like fractals and they're all laid o- lay o- layered over each other. So like this, the <laughs> spiritual world and it's the universe and it's the human spirit and it's all the same thing. And the Tree of Life is a diagram that represents all of those. So that was my understanding. It's pretty... Um nice way of putting it actually uh, and talking about fractals if people don't know what fractals are it's 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 like a, a repeating pattern that happens um infinitely and uh it has um a lot to do with the so the saying as above so below so below that's it and that's a wiccan saying if i believe would love to co- cover wiccan um at some stage we'll get there yes maybe but, that uh, can be your next episode potentially but i've got an idea for the next episode I feel but, like that's too broad of it's a, a huge like, subject. You need to yeah. narrow it down somehow. That's very true. We'll, we'll oh, this there. was too big of a subject too, so we should have narrowed this down. It's so hard to know when you're approaching a subject you know nothing about how big it's going to be because you can't really quantify it until you know what it is. Yeah, I feel like this is what's going to give the podcast legs though is because like once we like do these big episodes then we can like start being like and next time we do this subject we can look at the specific part of it that we now realise we need to. That's it. We drill down. Yeah. Once again, like a fracture, it is the same all the way down. Oh, there was a Doctor Who episode where they were drilling into the earth. Oh, yes. Isn't that the one with the beast? No, that's a different one. Oh, okay. But it also, was also the one with the There's many Doctor... There's like a weird subreddit. No, there's a weird wiki page that lists all the episodes of Doctor Who that has a drill because apparently it's like a big subject in that TV show. That's really weird. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yes, talking about the fractals and actually it, something happening down... 
on our scale in the reality of like the real world and then how that this is actually mirrored in um the cosmos as well so that's an interesting fact um i also realized this as well because the different sephirot map to the human body and then that can mean different things depending on if your left side feels particularly and then we're almost getting back into chakras well that's exactly it. It's, it. It was very similar to chakras. If your left side feels achy, then potentially you need to work on something that corresponds to one of the sephirot that, um, and and figure out what that sephirot means, and then how you can change your behaviour in order to bring that side back into alignment with the rest of your body. Which again, yeah, like you said, matches up quite well with chakras because that's what chakras were telling us as well. Apart from they were aligned differently yes um, it all links in apparently it does it's strange how it all links in um, talking about you mentioned God and actually there was quite a lot of um, references to God or to a God within the um, research that I did same even in the mystical one which, which is, was very much like look you don't have to believe in a Christian God or a God to be a Kabbalist However, God did this, and you're like, oh, wait, right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's like when you go to AA, and they're like, you don't have to believe in a higher power. You just... Well, you sort of have to believe in a higher power for this <laughs> whole thing to work for you, but you don't have to, but... Mm. Yeah, as in, you really should, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, from my reading of it, and I think this was more on the Jewish side of things, but... The Sephirots are in a certain order, starting at the Earth, actually, and then mapping up um, through the different stages of the Sephirot until they reach the very top, which is the Divine, which is God. Um, However, the Sephirot are actually different lenses in which you can appreciate and interact with God. So... God is unknown and unknowable, so you won't ever be able to understand God. However, you can understand aspects of God by looking at it through different um, different lenses, which is what I heard um, the Sephirot referred to as a lot as lenses. Of You can look through this and see this particular aspect of God and interact with him or them in that way. So it was... Um, it was very interesting because, again, it sort of opened my idea up to the... Uh, it opened my mind up to the idea of, like, religion, potentially, and how people see religion, how religion isn't just how we see religion from the outside. There's a lot of ways that people interact with God and interact with their own spirituality on a different plane, which is really interesting. Yes. Um, yes. So, um, yes. I was just trying to think about how to like so what I researched wasn't so much it wasn't so much like that as much as like a lot of it was like um, he spoke in the book um, the mystical Kabbalah a lot of it was about like he so it wasn't so much they started at the ground like whenever I read like any explanations they started at the very top which is I think it's Mm. called the Ketha which is like pure energy and then there's like because they're linked into three different triangles of each um, mm-hmm. Sephiroth Sephiroth 
can't think of it. Can't say that word without saying, so thinking of One Winged Angel. It's so annoying. <laughs> uh, like the whole time I've been to research, I've been like, do, 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 do. Yeah. Um, and then, so there's like the first three and then they're channeled down and there's like, uh, so like there's the Ketha, but the thing is, oh, and there's the invisible one, the Darth, which is a Alistair Crowley creation. But they're also like linked into triangles and between the top three and then the bottom, I think it's six, there's an abyss because like we can't, reach up to the top three as easily so you have to like cross the abyss and um there's a cathode and it channels down into the binna and the uh, hokma whatever um and one is wisdom and one is knowledge and it kind of like the cathode is un is i think the cathode is meant to be like god basically it's just un it's just creation yeah the divine yeah the divine and then the other ones channel it down into more it's still not physical, because physical is the bottom three, mm. but it's, like, things that matter to humans in some kind of very far off. Like, if you reach them, you're, like, in divinity, but you're still... Like, you've reached not enlightenment, but yeah. you are becoming enlightened. Yeah. And then there's an abyss where... Rich cross, and then you're into the more physical plane of, like, the rest of the... I don't know, six, yeah. Um, and the guy was talking about how like one time he really meditated on Ketha which, and like reached a Gnostic state with it which is a magical time for like reaching a trance and when he viewed the Ketha and he really believes he viewed viewed it he was like what looking at this brilliant light that if he kept looking at it, he was going to lose his mind because it was just so powerful wow because he was looking at God basically yeah. so and he, I'm imagining it's there into the life too long yeah 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 good line um, and I think like the idea if you're going for a magical thing is you're meant to move your way slowly up by meditating and like waiting for visions that represent one and that you're in that mentally and like spiritually and like you're ascending as you go mm-hmm. I found that as well with the book that I read is you work with a particular Sephiroth for a particular particular amount of time and the book suggests weeks and months mm. to be working with a particular one and then uh, moving on to the next and there were lots of rituals associated with each one um, using colours associated with it using smells and incense that would be associated with this particular Sephiroth and then meditations for each one as well yeah in my book it was like it's very much all based on symbols so like you need to attach each symbol to a Sephiroth and then like if you're wandering around and you like somehow like get overtaken with a Gnostic state and see the symbol for that Sephiroth is like a panther and you see a panther running, then you know you've like passed Reached into it. that Sephiroth, yeah. Right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Beyond that, I suppose I feel like I've covered the basics of what I know and I don't know a huge amount more. How do you do you have any more wisdom to add? this nope that's about <laughs> as good as I got um, it was a really difficult subject it was it was so it was like do you remember physics and GCSE yeah it was like trying to study that but more abstract yeah really abstract to, to the point where I feel like I basically understand it now but then trying to regurgitate that into actual words is very 
difficult and I this is a study I think we said this before the podcast um, started but we were having a conversation we said this is something that people dedicate sometimes their entire lives to studying so we've only spent two weeks and I've been ill for like half of that yeah exactly you haven't been very well so you've been trying to do it while ill and I think that we've barely scratched the surface with it and it's really quite difficult to try and describe some of the abstractness within this and like you said you've read two books on it and I say read you've given two books on it (laughs) and it's still really difficult for us to understand even the basic concepts of it so I feel like this is definitely one we'll probably come back to because I I don't feel that we've really even with all the time that we spent on it I say all the time even with the time we spent on it I don't feel that we've done it justice. Again, people have to realise we both have full-time jobs and you have a husband and, like, a life. I don't really have those things, but I do have a full-time job, (laughs) which makes life difficult. You have a very physical job as well, whereas I just sit at a computer on your feet, like, all day. So, that's hard. Um, But Uh, we're not trying to make excuses, though, because obviously we're trying to, like, generate a good podcast where we try and explore things and try and understand things but I think we're now getting to the point where we realise that oh I see why people dedicate their Mm. whole lives to studying this thing because you can spend two weeks studying it and have no clue what is going on or have the very basic strands of where to start I think to sum up I would say and this is you know from everything I've learnt watch Neon Genesis Evangelion and you'll be set probably (laughs) you say this at the end of every podcast do I? yeah like pretty much every podcast we've done is like I sum this up with watch this anime (laughs) I mean it's a good show Um, but no because like non-jokingly like we will revisit this this was a really really tricky subject also these people do not write in a way that's meant to be understood. Like, they're so boring. It, that's why I went for videos a lot, because yeah. I found videos a lot easier to understand because it was, again, like people like us, regurgitated into a way that is trying to make a subject that's quite dense and heavy, or very dense and heavy, uh, digestible. And... Um, yeah, there's a lot There's a lot to grasp. However, I will say, and to sum up with, I don't begrudge having spent three, four weeks of my life researching this. Mm. Like, I grew up reading Lovecraft, and I regret how much of a racist he was, and, like, all disclaimers aside about how much of a terrible person Lovecraft was, even at the time, which is something I always find funny. He was a racist in the 1920s. You have to be pretty fucking racist to have your peers in that time period to call you racist. <laughs> You're like, like, oh man, he went too far. Yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, but like, all his books are like about forbidden knowledge and hidden knowledge and stuff and it's kind of cool being like, I'm reading about something that maps out the whole like creation of the universe. Like, I feel like I'm, you know, I could be sitting here reading a fucking Danielle Steele novel but I'm actually reading something that's meant to give you the secrets of the creation of the universe. I feel pretty interesting right now that's pretty cool isn't it so like i mean i'm not begrudging having done this i just didn't understand it because you know i only got a fucking tutu at uni so give us a break (laughs) um so listeners anything you want to chime in with so next episode isn't as short um give us some cabala notes yeah give us what your understanding of the cabala is um and how it's worked for you and if you've studied it and what you think of it get us 
invitations to the Golden Dawn because I know it still exists in some form. <laughs> so, like, someone in the Golden Dawn's got to be listening. Invite us. I very much doubt that. They but might. Now. You know, I want to meet today's T.S. Eliot or Alistair Crowley. I don't want to have sex with him, but, you know. Wait, wait, what, why would you, why? Because they like Alistair Crowley, like, nerdy men. Oh, I see, okay. Yeah, I guess you don't. Yeah, so... You like, fall into that category. I am. I am a nerdy man. I am straight, though. Yeah, they But a lot of men who had sex with Alistair Crowley thought they were straight beforehand. But, yeah, so long story short, get us an invite to the Golden Dawn. <laughs> and then we'll understand Kabbalah good. <laughs> for sure. Hmm. Thumbs up. Uh, but, yeah, actually, we should probably start asking for a listener mail because I feel like we haven't asked. No, and we should also set up an Instagram and a Facebook page. Oh, you can do a not Facebook. Facebook page. You can do a Facebook. No, I take it back. I take it back, and maybe not a Twitter either. Actually, yeah, no, I'm not a fan of Twitter. No, I mean because it's a living hellhole. Let's start with Instagram because I feel that's something that both you and me can handle together. Yeah. And after that, who knows? We need an email address as well. I think we have one. We made one up in like the first episode and I forgot to say it. For, Did like, we? Oh well. Possibly, yeah. We must have been very drunk. I think we probably were. Uh, on the first episode, I was trying to stay sober. Oh, okay. You were trying. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I may have not been trying as hard as you. Yeah. At least we're both sober today. Mm. Okay. <laughs> no, I had a great day. Oh, that's fair enough. Anyway. Um, anyway, that has been Journey into the Strange. Um, I have a suggestion for next month's Yep, podcast. it's your choice. Um, I would like to cover Law of Attraction. Cool. Um, I don't know what that is. So, um... Is it like magnets? No. But I... I It's something that I actually know about. So it's going to be one where I know about it previously. And that's not something we generally do. We generally approach a topic with, like, nothing, no knowledge of it. But I feel like it's something that I want you to understand. And I will also do further reading on it because I want to personally understand it more myself as well cool i feel like this is too is too short of an episode so while we're talking mm-hmm. give us like a summary of what law, law of attraction is no i don't want to do that right, because fine. it'll be like ruining the next episode it'll be spoilers okay <laughs> um can i talk about why neon genesis is amazing for like the, la- the next why don't we, we tell like a real life story and then we can be a bit more like we're real people yeah okay <laughs> Um, you tell a story and I'll follow your lead. Okay, I don't even know. I mean, my life is so boring. Like, nothing has happened to me, like, this week. It's so it doesn't boring. have to be recent. No, I, I guess not, I suppose. But I feel like, I don't know. What has even happened in my life? It's so... <laughs> I feel like I'm so wrapped up in my own stuff that I don't go out a lot and I don't experience things. But um, it was my 30th birthday recently. That happened. How did you feel? Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same as before. So I felt like I was 30 before. I think it's because a lot of my friends turned 30 and then it was my turn. And then I already felt like I was 30 because everyone else was 30. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was still 29 until a few weeks ago. Did you have a nervous breakdown where you didn't get out of bed for two days and you made your mum cry because she thought it was personal and you kept being like, I don't fuck it. I'm not ignoring you. I just don't want to get out of bed. And she was like, why are you ignoring me? No, did, that, that, did that happen? That didn't happen to yeah. me, no. Right. It's a way for some. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it was nice, and now I'm living out my 30s, I guess. Apparently well, it's meant to get good now. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> you haven't oh, had I, a very fast experience. I have a humorous story. So oh, go I've got it. a friend who's gone to America for the three weeks, and watching them go from city to city to city in America, and it get their experience get progressively worse has been one of the highlights for my last three weeks. Oh, man. So they got into, like, San Francisco, and they're like, man, there's a lot of homeless, insane people here. And then they got into somewhere else, and they're like, man, there's more homeless and insane people here. And then they got into Los Angeles, so they're like, I literally, someone got shot outside my hotel, and now we can't get into the hotel. And now they have COVID. So I'm not reveling in someone else's misery, but if I was to write a sitcom... It, it would could be, be based on those three weeks. It's wow. quite fun. That's um, that's intense. Yeah, I did. I I know that there's a huge homeless people problem in California, especially at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, that doesn't sound fun. Anyway, that was my story. <laughs> what a good story. Yeah. <laughs> we both have pretty rubbish stories to be honest with you but whatever well, I feel like 40 minutes looks so much better than 30 okay it's definitely going to be edited down to 30 though it's yeah. fine to have a short episode I guess and we've done a lot of talking like this so it'll probably this will probably need to be edited out so I feel like it'd be better to have it cut down and edited well rather than it just us talking endlessly for ages yeah, with yeah. no plot or <laughs> like we don't want to become the Gilmore Girls podcast I, is that a good podcast? no it's three hours and they never talk about the fucking episode oh that sucks yeah I know I and forget I, that you love the Gilmore I Girls I do love <laughs> I'm going to keep this in if you want to like email me email the podcast about Gilmore Girls and talk about like wow he's terrible do that too <laughs> But it will be Ralph responding. Yes. I haven't watched it or have no interest in it, so Ralph will respond to you. I will not. Luke. Listeners, do you think Luke Dames is hot? Do you like Christopher? You know, these are the big questions. Okay, this you is must not turning email in, me. This is not turning into a Gilmore Girls podcast. <laughs> it might. No, no. You don't know. No, that's not happening. <laughs> right. Well, signing off, this is Ralph. And this is Kaz, and thank you very much for watching. No... Listening. I always say watching. Why do I always say watching? It's probably because I have a YouTube, so I'm always going like, listening. Thank you for watching my channel, but... Listening to the Get More Girls podcast. Thank you for that. <laughs> Bye.